Okay, Steve, last time we promised the people we were going to go through our revenue streams, the different ways that we make money and give some sort of percentage for how much they account for our total income and then also rating how good they actually are in terms of how much work it is, how much we enjoy those revenue streams. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is this is an interesting topic for a lot of people. I, I, everybody always says like, don't rely on just one revenue stream. Make sure you have multiple revenue streams. But then people kind of get stumped. They're like, I don't know what what kind of revenue streams I could have. So maybe this will help people, you know, realize some different ways that they could be making money from their audience. Yeah, I think it's a great conversation to like listen to and then go away and then kind of create your own strategy of how you want to approach it. And I think it's great that we're also talking about like the enjoyment side of it too, because you got to consider those two variables, how much money it's going to make, but how much you're going to like doing that particular thing. If it's a good fit for who you are, what you want to do on your, with your content, that type of stuff. So I think it'll be great to, to build your own strategy off this, off this, all this good stuff we're sharing. And and I think you want to keep in mind a few things when you're thinking about revenue streams. First off, I think you always want to try to as much as possible provide some value to the audience through it, whether yeah. it's like, uh, you know, a product that they might be able to use um, or maybe it's, you know, a, a brand creating experience, which makes the video a lot more fun. So the viewer benefits from that or it's a giveaway or something like that, where it's also benefiting the viewers. It's not just like, you know, this is for me only kind of thing. Um, and then I think the other thing I've really realized recently is that there is no right or wrong monetization necessarily. I used to think that there's some like kind of no-nos, but you still do them and some like they're always good. And now I've realized that there's right and wrong ways of doing each of these, <laughs> you know, like you can, you can, um, do a brand deal in a way that's really seamless to your video and it works super well. People don't, they don't even like think twice about it or nobody's like, wow, wow, ad, like that's so lame. They love it actually. They're they're actually for the, the ad. They're like, yes, an ad, that means it's going to be a good video. But then you can also do a brand deal where it's just like, a really heartfelt video about your kids. And then it's all of a sudden like sponsored by, you know, it's like, whoa, what the heck? Like this doesn't fit at all. So like there's a right way and a wrong way to do each of these. Hope, hopefully we can give some pointers maybe. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think that's kind of the thing, right? Like, especially for me transitioning from a full-time, very structured, very secure job that had a lot of rules. Now that I've transitioned to this world where there's essentially no rules like whatsoever, that was one of the most like shocking things for me was to discover like there's literally no rules here. Like when you're talking to brands, when you're talking to, you know, whatever, it's like a wild west. There's there's not yep. really a ton of like, yeah, framework steps to follow. Like it's all different. It's all kind of custom, like, and that's what makes it really exciting, really fun and opens up a ton of opportunities because that means that there's so much, you know, available for everyone, depending on who you are, what type of content you're creating. Like there's a, there's a spot you can fit into this, this wild West world, basically. Yeah. It's really interesting learning how to navigate the space. It's like, 
you know, a, a course I might price at $20 and then another person prices their course at $5,000 and <laughs> both can succeed. You know, both can be right. Both could be wrong. You know, there's no for sure answer. There's no, there's no like website where you look up like, this is how much brand deals will pay you. It's like, it depends on your audience, what company that is, how well that company's demographic fits for that. So yeah, it's a wild, wild west and you're constantly just learning, trying to navigate things and figuring out like, okay, these are the kinds of things that I like doing. These I hate every time. I always get suckered in this and I hate it every time <laughs> kind of thing. In the last episode, we talked about AdSense. AdSense, I think, is pretty basic. That's like a no-brainer. If you're doing YouTube, you're going to put on AdSense. But it's kind of like a turn it on and leave it almost. I, I think the only decisions you really have there is like how many ads do you want to put in a video? Yeah. So if a video is over 10 minutes, you can put middle ad breaks. You can choose do you want front and back and ads. Um, and I, I generally try to take off the middle ones. Because I don't like when I, as a viewer, I don't like it when I get served an ad. But then I actually did a, I did a survey on my channel and like over 30,000 people answered. And I think it was only about 5%, 6% people were bothered by the first ad break. Once it got to the second ad break, then it was like, I think like closer to 30%, 20 to 30%. So like, that's when you're like starting to annoy quite a few people. Yeah. So like one ad break in, in the middle is probably fine two, three, four, then you're like, you might be pushing it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting that you haven't turned those on. And then that kind of makes me think about the last episode um, where we mm, did talk specifically right. about AdSense because maybe- We didn't if, really talk about this. If you turn on your mid-rolls, maybe that would bring up like those CPMs and RPMs numbers a little bit. And I think that, um, like you said, like I think most people are okay with seeing mid-roll ads for the most part. I think it's a pretty normal thing on YouTube. And it makes a huge difference in the amount of revenue that creators make. So, like, after a certain point, you got to realize that, you know, creators aren't doing this stuff for free and we need a source of income to be able to yeah. provide these videos for you guys. And by turning on mid-roll ads, it might create, you know, that little bit of, like, inconvenience watching the video. But it can actually, like, double the amount of AdSense you're getting. So it's actually a really big impact for the creator with maybe, like, a little bit of inconvenience for the viewer. And I think most people are okay with kind of, you know, showing their support for the creator in that way by being like, okay, I'll see this, you know, mid-roll ad in their video. Yeah, I saw a few people post on this and like one of them was saying that it was only like a 10% difference having mid-rolls versus not mid-rolls. Mm. Um, I did the last video we talked about, or last podcast we talked about um, one of my videos where I was talking about my AdSense and how the CPM was a lot higher on there. I believe I do have mid-rolls on there. So I wonder how much that also um, changed the CPM, RPM there. But yeah, there, anyways, AdSense, you, you basically, you're going to turn it on, leave it, don't think about it, you know, just keep making videos, that's good. All, all, I, think it's, I think it's stupid not to have AdSense on, like, that's a no-brainer, that's an easy one, easy yeah. win. Um, I think the next most obvious one is brand deals, that's like one that people recognize, know. That's, that would be the, the second go-to that people are like, oh, you get paid by companies. 
Yes, sometimes. Uh, and this is one of those areas where I thought that brand deals were always like a, a bit of a no-no. Like it's a bit of a hit on your brand. Every every brand deal makes you look a little bit like a sellout and that might be a negative. But especially in the last year or two, I realized that no, there's like a, there's a good way of doing brand deals that actually can make your content better. It can be better for your audience and you just got to figure out the best way of doing that. Have you done much brand deals yet? I've done a little bit of them. Um, I think part of that's because my channel's kind of hitting the size now where brands are reaching out. Um, and, you know, a lot of brands reach out, but like 99% of them aren't the right fit. And I think that kind of speaks to what you're talking about, how maybe you perceived brand deals as a bit of a no-no like earlier on. And I think that's mm -hmm. because a lot of the brands who reach out to you are just kind of like, looking for the eyeballs on your channel and that's yeah. it. They don't No, no brands. <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't care about you. They don't, you know, they don't want to help you create cool content. So those are the types of deals where it's like, yeah, there is it's probably, I don't know, obviously everyone has to make their own decisions, but I just, you know, I don't I don't do those types of ones and so I've started to do a few now where I think that they're a really good fit with the type of content I'm creating. I think um, it's important that like our kind of missions align. Like my main mission on my channel is to make financial education like more accessible to everyone. And companies mm -hmm. that are also kind of aligned in that way, I think that creates like a really good partnership where we can create stuff together that like you said, yeah. is going to make a better end result than us not partnering together. Yeah. And there's so many different ways of doing brand deals. We actually did, again, uh, on the survey we did, we asked what kind of brand deals people like the most. And also we asked how, uh, what kind of brand deals, um, uh, how did we word it? Basically, like, what's your trust in the brand, depending on the type of brand deal? And uh, the by far the highest for both was when a brand enables an experience or video to happen. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, maybe you're going on some epic trip and it's sponsored by this company. It's like this trip was made possible by this company. People love that. That's like the best one for both. And it, like just enjoying that that brand deal, but then also the, the trust in that company. It makes the company look the best out of them. Um, second was uh, a 30, 45 second shout out ad that's, kind of organic to the content. And I think that that can be either, you know, let's say you're talking about your favorite podcast and you do an audible sponsor that's super organic to that. Or you can figure out like, like for example, Peter McKinnon, he, he will do like, you know, Squarespace Pete where yeah. it's like, it's kind of like a funny bit and you're, you're like looking forward to that. So that it's really organic. It's not just like a, all right, let's stop everything. And we're going to now do this ad. Thank you for the sponsor. You know, it's like, it's like part of the content. That was the second best. Um, shoot. What were the other one? The other ones. So I think then it might've been, I think it was a toss. I think the worst actually was, um, yeah, sorry. The worst one was a dedicated video on a product essentially. So like uh, yeah. if I get a drone, it's like, this video is sponsored by this drone company. Mm. That was, it was kind of surprising to me, but that was actually the worst one. People didn't like that. And also the trust, that one kind of makes sense that the trust in the brand wouldn't be as high because it's like Coca-Cola, you know, paying me to say that 
Coke is really good. You know, it's yeah. like, uh, well, you're getting paid to say that, you know, this is such a good uh, drink oh, on this, on this yeah, hot yeah, day. The best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the second worst was just like a 30 second, 40, 40 second, um, shout out ad that has like nothing to do with the video. So even that was still better than, you know, here's a new camera. I'm being paid by them to, you know, like, so people don't like that. Yeah. Uh, that was really interesting to, to find out, I think for me at least. Yeah. And it's really cool that you did that, honestly, because that's, that provides so much insight. And I think that's so important. Um, kind of talking about what you were saying earlier about like, I think top of mind when you're thinking about monetization should be providing that value first, like value first, I think is a good kind of like, almost like mantra to repeat in your head, like value first, value first, value first. What, what type of value am I providing to my audience by doing this particular thing, whether it's like a, a brand deal or, or anything else? And I don't think that's going to lead you in a wrong direction if you if you think about yeah. that as kind of top of your mind. Um, and that way you can maintain that that trust with your audience. You can get your sor- yourself that source of revenue and you can build cool relationships with brands because there's actually, I'm starting to learn, like it's it's taken a little while to find them, but there's actually a lot of brands that genuinely want to work with creators and do cool things with them. Like I had a call with one recently who I hope we get to work together where they asked me on the call, they said like, what projects or what like video ideas are you most excited about right now and I was like what a great question to like ask somebody like me because that's yeah. that makes me want to work with you so much more like you want to partner 100%. with me on something I'm excited about like that's that's great and that's that's the type of relationship I think is is the best yeah my experience of the four years I've been doing this the best ones are those long-term like partnerships with companies where they understand you and your value. And then you understand like their company, how you can help them also. And it's this like perfect marriage. Uh, By far, those are my favorite. And nowadays I rarely do like one-off sponsors. They're basically just these companies like an Epidemic Sound that I've been working with since almost the beginning. And they've been amazing. Like Epidemic Sound is one of those companies where they will... Uh, you know, book a cool trip, experiences, whatever. And they will say, and they'll even pay a little bit and they'll say, don't worry about any deliverables, just do your thing kind of thing. And like, that makes me every time work so much harder for those brands that are just like that cool. I'll, I'll do like, I'll do like five videos from that trip. Whereas like if the brand's like, you need to make a video, you need to make a Twitter post, Instagram post, you need to use these hashtags, you need to do all. And then I'm like, it's so much and it's like stressful that I just do exactly what they said and yeah. no more. Cause like, that's all my brain can handle basically. Yeah. Uh, so it's really interesting to see the way how some companies understand this world. And they're like, you're good at what you do. You do you, uh, we want to enable what you do kind of thing. Those are the best, best brands to work with, I think. And they can also often be the most like lucrative deals to work with. Like it it just happens to work out that way. And that's great because it's literally the best of both worlds. Like you get the most revenue from that, but it's also the best partnership you can have. And it's funny that that's the way it works because those one-off ones and maybe some of those other ones, like they might not offer you like as much uh, compensation to actually do the, the deal with them anyway. So it's like, yeah, nah, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing is 
you know, for example, if I'm doing a video on an electric bike and I'm like, oh, like, do you guys have any money for this? It's like, well, for them, like how many, my channel is not about electric bikes. It's not about bikes, you know? So how many <laughs> people are actually going to buy a bike from my channel? Maybe, maybe, there's probably some for sure. Yeah. My demo, demographic is still like pretty good for that, but it's not specifically bike people. But then, you know, uh, a story blocks or an epidemic sound like my audience is filmmaker people, it's their perfect demographic. So they will have more money to pay me because they're going to get more return on investment uh, for those ads because it is the specific demographic. And then you build that long-term relationship and it can be really, really great for both, uh, all three parties, you know, for me, the brand and the audience uh, all at the same time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that, yeah, I think that's a great discussion of brand deals there. And then um, probably the next one would be, do you think digital products would be kind of the next the next revenue stream? Yeah, yeah, we can talk about, yeah, let's talk about digital products. Are you doing di- any digital products yet? Yeah, so I have I have like a course that I created, which was kind of like, I, I in, my, my, in my life, I always thought that I would have loved to have had like a, a crash course in personal finance that basically taught you like mm-hmm. everything you didn't learn in school. Yeah. And I, I wish I had that. Yeah. And like I never found that. I couldn't find that anywhere. So now having this platform and stuff, I was like, well, I'm going to create that and basically provide that as a digital product essentially. So that's that's the, I, yeah, that's the only one I have right now actually. But that's, yeah. yeah. I think I, I would almost... It's yeah, I, I would say it's a digital product, but I would almost put courses on a separate level. I feel like mm. especially now a lot of people are starting to understand that like, oh, okay, I have I have like a lot of expertise in an area. And maybe I can't make a full course or these videos for my channel. It doesn't really make sense. But I'm gonna make a course so that people that are interested in it find a lot of value in it and are willing to pay for it. Um, so yeah, I've like like I've said, I've seen some courses. You know, you're, you they charge you know fifteen, fifty bucks, a hundred bucks, and then some courses they're charging five thousand dollars for this course. And for some people, that can be really worth it. And they're willing to pay that five thousand dollars. It's like going to university for whatever this topic is. Um, so for me, um, yeah, I have some courses. I haven't done any new courses for a little while just because they're so daunting. There's a, there's so much work. Um, I'm actually, this is like secret knowledge. There's there's future things happening <laughs> in that space, I think, that we'll, we'll be doing some stuff in there. Um, but then uh, for, for me, there's a lot of kind of, it now seems kind of obvious, but I don't know if it was obvious before. Things like, LUTs, like preset looks for your videos, or I sell uh, motion graphics for Premiere or audio plugins for Premiere and Final Cut. I have all these other digital products that for me are zero cost margin. Like I don't, it doesn't cost me anything to sell 500,000 of them. I just, I make them, it takes time. I work with professionals to make them. Um, and then once I, once I, that's done, I just put them on my site, promote like my YouTube channel promotes them. And every month I make money from those. So digital products, I think are like kind of like a Holy grail because there are no costs to them and they're infinitely scalable. Yeah. Um, but I think they are for a lot of people much harder to figure out, especially because we are still in the wild, wild west of YouTube. And it's not like, okay, if you're a car channel, you sell these digital products. If you're a finance channel, you have these digital products. Everybody's just kind of figuring out like, oh, could I make just like a PDF on, you know, 
my top car choices for 2020 and like that's a digital product. I think that could be. I haven't seen that yet, but I think that could be a digital product. You know, I would pay for that if I'm looking for a new car, you know, and I, I want that like expert knowledge from the people that test out every single freaking car out there. You know, I can't do that. Give me give me like give me the the cliff notes on like what are the best cars. So yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of potential in digital products. I think, yeah, that that's a good point too. Like it's because it's a wild west, I think it's important to not be afraid to kind of break the mold because I know when I was kind of studying YouTube before starting, I noticed that like different niches kind of have their established like products that you'll see. So like for filmmaking ones, you know, you'll see a lot of people do like the LUTs and like other things like that. Mm -hmm. And different niches kind of have their different products that are kind of standard because they're good and they make sense. But I would say also like to not be afraid to break the mold and try different things like experiment because it is a wild west. There are no rules. There are no right way to do it. Like try different things out. See if your audience finds that valuable. Like don't be afraid to find something that might work that you haven't seen before. Yeah. Like when I started doing LUTs, for example, yeah, some I see, I've seen like Instagrammers sell presets for Lightroom, but I I didn't actually know many or if any people selling LUTs, and so I was just like I was like I think people people ask me about my color grade a lot, so like maybe I'll just I'll just give it to them. Like here it is, this is what I use, and people loved it. Like that's probably been my best selling digital product. Um, and then I told you know like a Peter McKinnon, I was like, hey, you should probably like you have pretty cool looks. Like you should I think people would like it if you put out a LUT pack and then like. You know, he puts out one, he puts out his Lightroom presets. He sees the other people doing that. And then, and then it becomes standard. But I don't think it was standard back then, three, four years ago, that you would sell those, you know. Yeah, it's like um, you, you, guys, so. you guys figured out that, like, great, great fit. And then afterwards, everyone was yeah. like, oh, th- that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now let's talk about physical products. Uh, so you could do, like, merch. And I, I think that's, like, the... That's like the most basic form of physical product, I think. And now we're starting to go to the point where um, creators are either partnering up with companies or just straight up making their own products for whatever it is. You know, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody from the filmmaker space is making their own camera in the next five, 10 years, you know, like all the way to that point. So like there's there's a huge potential for physical products. The downside is it's a lot riskier because there are way more upfront costs. Uh, the margins are smaller. You know, if you want to do merch, you, you might be paying $10, $15 for the t-shirt to be made and then you sell it for $20, $20 $25, So you're only making half the money there. Whereas like if you make a digital product, you charge 30 bucks for it. It's basically just credit card fees and whatever like that that you're paying. The rest is in your pocket kind of thing. So I think there's a lot more risk in physical products, but I think there's also a lot more upside on physical products because you could make something that up that appeals to a way broader audience. You know, like a T-shirt. If it fits for your audience, everybody needs a T-shirt. You know, like everybody needs a T-shirt. Does everybody need my LUTs? Probably not. Few people, like some people, really like them. Other people, are like, oh, I don't, I don't actually make videos, so like I have no use for that. But everybody needs a T-shirt. You know. Yeah, that's that's kind of where you step out of like the digital realm that most creators exist in, like AdSense, digital, digital products, obviously digital, courses, digital, like 
all of this is digital. There's no supplies that you have to like buy and like keep in a warehouse and do all like the traditional business stuff that most businesses yeah. have to do, right? They have all these costs, whatever, whatever. Most creators have zero costs. We don't buy supplies. Like we don't, we don't work like a normal business, but when you get into yeah. the physical products, yes, that's when you're kind of like transcending the digital world and you're getting into all these extra costs that have to come into it, all these extra risks. But on the flip side, you're also transcending the digital world in the sense that you are bringing something physical to the forefront now that I think has like a, can have a pretty big cultural impact too. Like, especially with things that people can use or wear and then maybe take like pictures and videos of people wearing those things. When people see that, that can create like a cultural impact too. So I think yeah. you can get into to some really interesting kind of like intangible benefits from doing mm-hmm. merch and stuff like that, that maybe you can't as much get with some of the other types of monetization. That's a great point. Like I, I treat merch, for example, as like a community building thing, yeah. not as a like... I want to make money from this. I don't make much money at all from merch. But if it's like, I want to be a part of this brand, I might want to buy this merch so I feel like I'm a part of this thing. I want to, or I want to support this creator in that way. Uh, so yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. And then there's also nowadays, there's, you know, you start up a Shopify store and you can just drop ship merch, for example, where you don't actually have to buy 5,000 t-shirts and then try to like hope I sell all these. You just... <laughs> make a design and then when somebody orders it a different company prints it makes it ships it sends it to the person and you never actually touch that merch and so like it's it's a there's a great way of doing it nowadays with less risk but then there's other other things like if you want to make your own coffee you're just going to have to order a thousand thousand bags of of coffee beans or whatever and like start going at it like so there's a lot more risk there yeah doing all the r&d product development all this kind of crazy stuff which could be really cool and really fun but i feel like you're gonna have to really commit to that be like hey i'm gonna see this thing through it's gonna be a lot of work it's gonna be risky but i can maybe make something really cool with that but yeah, yeah, I think drop shipping though is like that's something that makes it way more convenient. It would probably be a very good place to start getting into kind of the physical product game, but yep. Then you can get yeah into the more advanced like really really custom stuff and maybe make something really yeah. cool. Yeah, and and like like I said with the you know that some of these can be done right and so or like all these can be done right and wrong. Like I used to think that personal products like a digital product, a course, uh, merch, those can't be done wrong. I used to think that those are like always wins. Like you, nobody's going to get mad that you're like you're offering your color grades to people. And then there are some things like like a brand deal might, might is like more of a negative always depending on how how sellout ish you look doing it. But then I, I've seen some people do LUTs. Like, for example, I've seen Sorry to anybody who's done this. I've seen these like bundles of preset packs where they like bundle a thousand different presets. And it's like, I don't like that because I think that massively devalues your presets. And also nobody needs a thousand presets. That's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like nobody's (laughs) going to be using a thousand presets. Um, 
So I think if, if I'm selling my presets for $30, which I think is pretty fair, like that saves you a ton of time. Um, I use them all the time. And then all of a sudden I sell this pack that's $50 for a thousand. It's like, wait a second, like what, what is, what's going on here? And so like, for me, that feels really icky. And I was like, no, like I've been contacted by these kinds of, uh, companies or people that are doing this. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't like what it like. I don't know what, I don't like what it does to my brand and, and what it looks like. Um, and then same with courses, you know, I, I thought like courses are a no brainer for everybody. But then there's there like some people do it in a way where it's yeah, it's really good sales tactics, but it kind of looks like kind of looks tacky, kind of looks not good, like kind of snake oily, like don't miss out. This is going to change your life. You know, pay this crazy amount of money. You won't. <laughs> and it's like uh, maybe tone it down a little bit or like do it more in the style that that you are, you know, that's more genuine to you. So, yeah, yeah. The merch, merch can be done wrong. All these can be done wrong, <laughs> but they can also be done right. Yeah, I think uh, kind of like what I said earlier with with like value first. Just just focus on how can I provide that value first? Because like you said, if if my three lots are worth this much money, then a thousand of my lots. The only way I'd sell a thousand of my lots is if I make that like that cost times a thousand and obviously nobody's going to yeah. pay like 30 grand for a thousand LUTs. And just yeah. from a, a user standpoint, it makes no sense. You're like scrolling through and you'd be like, ah, oh, what was that one I really liked the other day? Was that number like 564? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. that doesn't make yeah. any sense. Um, no. but what, so what, um, what type of monetization then would you say has been the one that you've enjoyed the most? Before we get to that, let's talk about affiliate links. I think affiliate oh, links yeah. is one of that, the big ones that yeah, we haven't talked about one. yet. There's a lot of different ways of doing affiliate links. Um, I use anything from something like Amazon affiliate links to more my filmmaking niche specific affiliate links. Um, and I, I think there's... I like, for example, Amazon links. I very much enjoy them because I don't even need to make a connection with that brand. I can just talk about something and then link it down below in an Amazon affiliate link. And if you don't know how this works is um, essentially if you as the viewer clicks on that Amazon link, you will get a cookie on your browser and anything you buy off of Amazon for the next, I believe, 24 hours, I would then, or whoever's link you clicked on would get a percent of that. So you don't actually have to sell that product. You're just trying to get clicks on that link. And then let's say that person then buys toilet paper later on that day, I would get a percent of that. So it's a win-win where I can provide value, I can provide information, but then also I might get paid by Amazon. So yeah, it's a win-win. And you can also provide toilet paper to people. <laughs> <laughs> do you do Amazon affiliate links? Yeah. So for me, like I experimented with them uh, at the beginning a lot. And I think that, so for me, now I'm more experimenting without using them. And the reason that I'm not currently using them as much is because in the finance niche specifically, there's a lot of really great affiliate uh, partnerships and links that you can use. Basically, um, people will sign up for different like investing apps and platforms and bank accounts and all sorts of stuff like that. So I've kind of tried to keep my description box basically to have just those links to kind of draw people's attention 
um, to those because in the same way that people are curious about, um, you know, they look at your videos and they're like, wow, I really like the look of Maddie's videos. Like I want mine to look like that. And then they can go and get one mm-hmm. of your LUTs or whatever. When I'm talking about um, investing and stuff and I show my accounts, people are generally curious, like what accounts are those? Um, so then I can yeah. put them in the description box and their affiliate links. And then it's a win-win because they get kind of a convenient uh, path to finding what those accounts are. And then they also help support the channel in that way. Yeah. So the way I treat my like description boxes, that's almost like a billboard where I can advertise or provide information or whatever. And I'll put the most important things at the top, the ones that I think are the most relevant for my audience in general, or for me are the most important. So for example, if I've thought it was really important to grow my Instagram, I would put my Instagram right at the top of the description. Um, Or if, you know, uh, I think that my LUTs provide a lot of value for people and I can make money from that, I'll put that at the top. Um, So yeah, I think it's just, it's for me, it's uh, Amazon affiliate links, for example, will be much lower down. But then if somebody wants to find out what camera I'm using, they can still click on it. But it's interesting you're bringing up this point about having like more of like a concise description and not taking away from those main ones. I'm really curious actually how much that affects. I've never experimented with trying to take away. It's hard to, and you you can't just experiment with a few videos. You kind of have to do it for a long term to see, okay, did this make a difference um, in the long run? Uh, But yeah, I think overall affiliate links are a no-brainer to do. It's just about finding the links that work for you. And I, I think some, a lot of affiliate links can pay anywhere from, you know, 30 to a hundred dollars, depending on the company for just like a free trial sign up type thing. And so it can be really worthwhile doing them. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, there's, it's definitely a no brainer and there's definitely best practices to kind of setting them up. Like I think the, the three lines in the top of your description box, like you said, right above that show more, when you click that show more, that's, that's really important to put your, your main ones there. But then, yeah, after that, I think there's a little bit room to play and explore of what works best for you. Um, so it's a mix, yeah, of those best practices and then kind of exploring. Okay, so we've talked about, I think these are our main revenue streams. There might be some kind of like random one-off ones. Let's talk first, uh, before we talk about how much we enjoy them, let's let's rank them from which ones make us the most money to least money about. Uh, I think for me, I'm pretty sure my highest one is brand deals, but brand deals also fluctuate the most. Like if I'm not doing any brand deals a month and it's going to be zero. But if I'm doing a few, three, then like it might be a lot higher. But if I'm fairly consistent with them, I think brand deals are my highest. Then I want to say digital products is my second one. And that one's really consistent, really does really well. Um, after that, I think AdSense and affiliate links are kind of like neck and neck. They're They're fairly even. And then it would be like at, at the bottom, it's definitely... Um, courses and that like merch physical products is definitely way at the bottom. I also do some random things that work for me. For example, stock footage. Um, you know, I can go mm. travel around Norway and then I put them on a stock footage site and then I'll make anywhere from zero or a couple hundred dollars to thousands of dollars in a month. And all I did was just like, here's this footage. 
you got like, you know, do otherwise it'd just be on my hard drives. And so it's just like one more revenue streams where it's like, it's like, oh, oh, $2,000 from that. Well, that's, that's a nice bonus, you know, like, um, it all adds up in the end, but that's basically how mine break down. I think. How about you? Yeah. So for me, I would say on like a normal month, although my normal is still changing all the time. Um, AdSense is number one. Um, and I think that's a product of like the high CPM rates and all that type of stuff. It's generally number one. And then after that, it's generally affiliate links. Um, cause financial affiliate links have again, pretty high rates associated with them. And then after that, it would probably be brand deals if I ever have them, um, which is pretty rare for me right now. But when I do, that would probably take the third spot. And then uh, my course. And then yeah. that's basically all the, the revenue streams I kind of have at this point. But that's that's usually how they break down with, with AdSense being that, that big one. But I would like to, over time, continue to kind of um, maybe get that down to a, a lower percentage. Um, obviously, don't want my AdSense to go down, but yeah. I want it to yeah. like, I want the other ones to kind of go up to kind of join it so that I, I don't feel as reliant on it. Yeah. And I would say if we're talking about how much we enjoy them, um, AdSense, I think there's nothing to not enjoy other than the fact that you have no control over it. And so maybe if like your CPMs are really low, it's really annoying and frustrating for you. But at the same time, you don't really have to do anything. All you do is just click monetize and then you're good to go kind of thing. And there's I don't think there's much of a stigma or like, you know, like, oh, you're a sellout. You have ads on your, like, that's just part of YouTube, you know, having ads. So yeah, I think that's probably one of the best ones in, in terms of enjoyment. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree too. Cause it's kind of like, if you're doing YouTube, you probably have your AdSense on. And if we're creators, we love doing YouTube. So it's like, they just go hand in hand. So yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. I think brand deals, I I used to stress out about them a lot in the beginning of my my channel. Nowadays, I really enjoy them. Actually, I think I found the right brands that I really like working with, and they trust me. And that there's this like good collaboration now, and it usually means that I can do something a little bit more fun. It's like, oh, I have like I have a little bit of brand deal money to pay, play around with for this video. I actually have a couple fun ones where I think I'm going to be paying like I'm going to be using a lot of them, if not more than the brand deal plus my own like on some video ideas because it's just yeah it's fun to to you know like I have this extra money now what could we do like what's you know what how how can we put that into the content to make it more fun or do something really cool um so nowadays I actually really enjoy brand deals how about you how's the brand deal experience so far yeah, I think I'm kind of the same way where like early on it stressed me out because I just didn't I didn't know how to navigate it and it was so strange coming from, you know, a traditional job with all these rules to like these negotiations with brands with have no rules and like I don't know, it stressed me out trying to figure out like what's the right way to do all this. Ah, but yeah. Now yeah. that I've done it like a couple of times and like you, I think I've found um, a couple of brands who when, you know, when we when we have calls or whatever, like I, I genuinely enjoy talking to them 
because yeah. they they get the type of relationship that I think creators are looking for. So it doesn't feel like a negotiation. It feels more like a collaboration, like a partnership where you both want to create something cool. And that's exciting to me. So I, yeah. I, I definitely enjoy... I enjoy that a lot these days. Yeah, like I look forward to to having like chats with with different people on how we can kind of collaborate and partner and do cool things. Yeah, I think that's the same with affiliate links is kind of like AdSense or, you know, it's just like once you make those connections with those brands, then it's just like a set it and forget it type thing. And then it's just like, what's there not to enjoy other than like if your links are broken or you got to be changing old links, then it's like a little bit annoying, but there's not that much hassle, I think, with links. Um, no. So yeah, affiliate links, I think, is like a pretty pretty good one overall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I, would, I would agree with that one for sure. Like, yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of similar to AdSense in a way. Like you can kind of just, you know, make your curated list of things that people might want to look into, put it there, leave it, and yeah. That's it. D- digital products, I would say, I have a, a bit of a love-hate relationship with in the sense that it's a lot of work to make them up front. And it's like, ah, I really should make this. And it like kind of stresses me out. I'm like, ah, I should make the next. Like I haven't made new LUTs for probably a couple of years now just because I haven't had time. It's, a, it's really daunting. And I don't want to just like slap together something and just like, here you go. Here's another, you know, and it's not even good. I want to make them good always. Um, so it's a bit of a, there's a lot of work that goes into them, but then once I have it, I'm like, this is great. You guys will love this. Like here it is. Um, and then the other part of me is like, I'm not much of like a self promoter. So like, I think I could sell my own products a lot more if I just talked about them more. I'm like, ah, it's like, you know, if you're interested, just like check it out kind of thing. But like, I, I rarely like hard sell, like these are really good LUTs. You will enjoy them. This is what I use all the time. I rarely do that, actually. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny, right? Because it's, I don't know what it is exactly that. I, I feel the same way too, because you obviously believe in, in what you've created and everything. It's just, I don't know, there's something about being like, you, you don't want to feel like you're like pushing people too much. Like, I, I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure what it is, but I feel the same way. And like, I'll, I'll talk about my course since I don't have like uh, a digital product yeah. like you do, but my course was, was difficult to create for sure. Cause yeah. like so much research, so much I wanted to put into it and I was still working my normal job at that time. So it was like normal job, YouTube, creating this course. I was like, ah, oh, it's so much stuff. A lot, I have yeah. like, it's a lot of work. Um, but once I finished it and I was happy with it and I put it out there, it felt really good and what felt even better was to get you know messages from people who you know take the course and then they message me and tell them how much it like impacted their lives and how they're able to like finally get their finances together and stuff really cool to hear and it's still really strange for me to wrap my head around the fact that like people are watching my videos that people are taking this course and learning things from me and it's like actually affecting their lives it's it's very strange, but it it's it's a good feeling. It's a really good yeah. feeling. And I I don't know how much physical products you've you've been doing yet, but it's kind of it's again the kind of a love hate. It's like I like having that, but then there's also like real world tangible product issues where it's like 
uh, this didn't arrive or you got to do a return. It's like, oh, like, I don't I don't know. Like, it's like, I just don't want to think about that kind of stuff. I'm already busy enough as it is. So that's when like the kind of negative side of that stuff comes into play. Um, yeah, I feel like you kind of want somebody to take over that stuff more so or help you out with that stuff if you're going to really do it because it can get really time consuming if you're having to do refunds and shipping things back and things aren't arriving and it's taking six weeks for this t-shirt to get there. Like, you know, it's, it's all these little things that start, start bugging you a little bit. Yeah. I'm kind of scared of like, cause I know if I started going into physical products, I'm going to want them to be like, you know, really cool. I'm going to put so much time into it and it's just going to be like such a time sink. Um, and I know I'll get like borderline obsessed with it. So I'm being very careful about like, okay, that's, that's not something to do right now. Like that's in, in the future, maybe that could be a cool project to take on, but like not right yeah. now. But if I do do it, I will try and make something <laughs> really <Yeah>. cool. <laughs> and I, I think with the monetization, we also, maybe in the future, we can talk about this, like this is happening more and more where content creators are partnering with brands in a bigger way where they become a part of the brand. Maybe the brand gives you some equity or something like that. And I think that's really like the future of like what's going to be happening is that content creators will start their own companies or they'll partner with already existing companies that fit really well with them and become a part of their thing. And it's not just like a hey, I'm doing a, a brand deal. I'm promoting this company. No, that this is like, I'm part of this company. This is my company, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, but I think this podcast has already been way too long for what we do. <laughs> if you guys have any questions, uh, feel free to ask them down below in the comments and we'll try to answer some of those, I think. Yeah, 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 sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll yeah. give it a go. <laughs> cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, see you guys in the next one. Oh, 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 oh,